gigantic pop it is September 10th, 2023, and today we are going back to June 7th, 1985 on the Gigantic Pop Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Mr. Matt Morgan and Raj Geary today to talk about the movie The Goonies, the summer of 1985, Cindy Lauper, WWF, and everything that was going on that iconic summer. Matt, Raj, good to see you guys both. What's up, guys? What's up, everybody watching? Happy birthday to Mr. Matt Morgan. Ah, yes, another trip around the sun. <laughs> what a what a great way to spend your birthday with with me and Glenn. Oh, it is a great way. <laughs> why yes, why it does it just loop the music? Yeah. It's so good. That yes. music yeah. is so banging that we need to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it had a loop on. There we go. Uh, so Matt, people don't know this. This is kind of a good starting thing. It's like all of us, well, now we're the same age. Raj, you're about to turn. 48 correct yep yep next yeah month. so it's weird that we're all within 12 months age of each other which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy yeah. yeah this is my 40 my 47th today and uh I, you guys know how it is once like, i've been aging myself a year for the last five years it drives oh, yeah. my wife nuts like when you do that you do that to me so like get your age right like how hard is this and i'm like <laughs> you think it's not but you don't really think about your birthday once you, I'd say, hit a certain age. Yeah. I, I think once I turned 40, I had to start doing the math every year after that, where I'm like, oh, I think, um, you know, yes. you know, like, yeah. like, okay, that was my 40th. That's been, it's been three years since I'm 43. Yes. It's pathetic, but it's the truth. Versus when we were kids, going back to 1985, oh, yeah. for example, right. to when every birthday was like the World Series. It was the best thing on the planet. You couldn't <laughs> yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had someone on a business call the other day be like, "So you're you're what, like almost fifty, right?" And I was like, "Oh, good lord, here." You know, it's, uh, it's a whole. Yeah. I'm not saying it because we're getting yeah. there. I'm saying it because maybe our parents felt it. I don't know there's no way our parents felt this, way. dude. Because yeah. my parents had this over the hill party when they turned forty. Yeah, and I they had they were gray. They 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 looked like they were forty at the time. I would argue our generation of forty year olds, fifty year olds do not look what we thought we would look like when we were kids at that age yeah no i mean uh great example of this uh in cocoon wilford brimley playing a senior citizen wilford brimley was actually like 40 uh 49 50 years old when he shot that yeah homeboy looked like he was 80 he did (laughs) look the part i know it's crazy right he's one of those guys that's just looked old his whole life yeah it's like uh you know like uh jj dylan they kind of have that same you know (laughs) And yeah, Tom Cruise now is older than Jack Nicholson was in A Few Good Men. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's got to be something with like preservatives or the oh. water. Like there's something, right? No question. We know more. We have more advantages with our health and our knowledge and science. Yeah. yeah definitely. Oh, man. So thinking about this, the reason why we picked the Goonies, this is, you know, for people that know us from Wrestling Inc. And uh, we found out on one episode many years ago that we were talking about movies. And it's funny because we don't have all the same pop culture references. And sometimes I'll mention something in a mat. will be like, I was playing sports. I never saw that. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but normally there are some hallmarks. Everybody saw Temple of Doom. Everybody saw Gremlins. Everybody has seen Star Wars. Everyone has seen Back to the Future. And I made some reference to the Goonies and Raj is like... I am not familiar with this movie. I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> that was a yes. Yep. And I Matt, was aware of it. But... but Matt was the one that was shocked. That was Matt was like, Raj, how have you never seen this? Like, I saw this. Everybody saw this. 
It's a rite of passage. It's almost a rite of passage kind of movie. It really is. It was on in every household across this country back then. It was so popular. Yeah. And I, I rewatched <laughs> it. I, I rewatched part of it today. And I was like, ah, I can't do it. <laughs> it's so weird. See, because I think, and maybe this is where we talk about this a lot as adults, right? Is like, is something genuinely good? Or is it because we saw it as a child and it imprinted mm. on us? And I think, I think both. I think yeah. both. Uh, when I first got signed by WWE, Dr. Tom Pritchard said, hey, you guys should be like asking. We, we have a whole video library here. Yeah. What tapes do you want to see of guys you want to follow in their footsteps, maybe pattern some stuff after, or maybe learn some stuff? I'm like, oh, my God. Duh. Andre the Giant, Big John Studd. That's one of the greatest yeah. feuds of all time. Yeah. And he looked at me like, John Studd? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, okay, here you go. And the next week, he gave me the videotapes for it. And then when I started watching it, now as a pro wrestler, not back to 1985 as a little kid watching that angle. All he did was like these broad forearms across like Andre's chest in the quarter. It was a like basic, not even ABC type of offense. It was just like A, letter A, and it didn't go past letter A. It was so basic. But as a kid, I was enamored with it. And I thought it was like this great amount of wrestling and these two giants colliding and it was horrible watching it back. And I was, I was, uh, my heart was broken. My heart was broken because I was a huge Andre fan too. And he was toward the end of his career, even back in 85. So he wasn't doing the things, you know, that he used to be able to do younger in his career. So watch. Now I see why Dr. Tom looked at me. Like I had three heads on my shoulders asking for that versus mm. let's say Glenn Jacobs or a undertaker or more athletic big guys, you know? Yeah. yeah. 80s wrestling was definitely, uh, different but i mean it was awesome at the time like uh you know you'll you'll see the number of stars that hulk versus andre got but that that match was to me that was magic you know that was like uh, and it was and that's how important charisma is as well is to hide we didn't know hulk hogan wasn't a good wrestler when we were kids we didn't care we just wanted right. to see him hulk up that's all we wanted to see yeah yeah no, it's true. And I think that um, there are movies that have passed me by that I've tried to watch later. And I try and put myself in the context of watching a movie or TV show and being like, okay, this is what was going on at the time. This mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, I love the film, The Bad News Bears. I tried to watch yes. the Bad News Bears TV series the other day mm -hmm. that lasted for two seasons. And like, they can't swear. So right there, like they can't have kids drinking alcohol. And I was right. like, well, you have to understand they toned this down. But watching it, I was like, oh no, this, this just isn't but this is legitimately not good. Although Corey Feldman was in that. Uh, that was his yeah. first TV role. Um, I, I'd say like Back to the Future is one of those movies that's legitimately good. Like to, to this day, when we show it people, to my daughter, their friends, they love it. You know, like they're like into because, it. So. Because Michael J. Fox, a lot of people just destroyed that. They were so good in that movie. Yeah. In their parts specifically. But that's a timeless concept to be able to go yeah. back in time. That's like every kid's fantasy. Yeah. yeah, kids today would watch the Goonies and they would be like, I don't get it. Where are their cell phones? Right. And plus the, the sound and everything like when, when, when you haven't watched it for the first time, uh, you know, in the 80s, when you're watching it now and the way they talk and everything, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It just sounds so dated. But um, again, watching it for like I love Teen Wolf back in the day. <laughs> oh, I loved it. it. But, yeah. But watching if I watched it for the first time now, I'm sure I would think it sucked. For the record, <laughs> I, you cannot talk smack on Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf was great, especially the basketball parts. I think I've seen <laughs> Teen Wolf like a dozen times. It was, it was great. Michael J. Fox, he was at the the top, top then. Oh, like, yeah. He had the number one and number two movie and the number one TV show. The family or maybe, I'll, I'll, maybe it's number two, but yeah. Alex P. Keaton, one of the best characters yeah. ever. He was awesome.
No, absolutely. I mean, you, you don't see that kind of mojo anymore. Uh, so Goonies came out June 7th, 1985. Never number one at the box office. It came out Rambo First Blood Part Ooh, 2. Great okay. movie. Was number okay. one. I mean, look, the first, the first, <laughs> for the first Blood, the original movie I thought was phenomenal. Like, if you go back and watch that, but so, like night and day different from the sequel. But that's for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, but Goonies came out never number one. Came out one month, almost one month to the day before Back to the Future did. Yeah. What a great year for movies. Oh, my God. 85. That summer, yeah. I feel like I was just in the theater every every week. And Rocky Four really? came out that year, too, right? December of that year. Christmas yeah. Day. Like, that whole... We, we were spoiled. We really yeah. were. I, I thought it was sports as well with wrestling even and then tv shows and movies we had everything man the yeah. bears I, I didn't really watch football back then but i knew about the bears and well the, everyone the was doing the super bowl shuffle yes we yeah. were yeah which yeah. <laughs> is still amazing when you think about it that a team on top of their game was like we're gonna record this we're gonna make a music video we're gonna release yeah. this mtv used to have music on back then yes yeah uh, man we didn't even get cable you know so you know what's funny about 85 we didn't even get cable until like 1986 where i lived so i had to go to friends houses to watch mtv mm. and i, I would watch it, friday night videos like the pittance of music videos they would show after the tonight show and david letterman on friday nights at nbc which was awful you didn't want to like headbangers ball no or, they didn't uh, have that well uh, headbangers ball that. didn't exist till like 87 88 with umtv raps uh but yeah they had, the, like, they had the friday night video fights right uh that was an mtv thing but then friday night videos actually dick ebersall who later went on to produce snl and uh, i believe was involved in the xfl like he was in charge of late night so he put on friday night videos which was their competitor to MTV, but it would be like Jerry oh. Seinfeld before he was Jerry Seinfeld or like Judy Tenuta with her accordion or like huh? just random comedians hosting music videos. And they would show because they would want to show what's popular every week. You would see like 10 of the same videos and then three new ones each week. And so 85, it was all wham tears for fears. Uh, you know, Tina Turner, just all this, all this stuff. And I remember when the video for, uh, the Cindy Lauper song, good enough premiered like that was a big deal though like we were getting something a little new on friday night videos it's one of the best videos too i'm not just saying that because we're covering goonies here but that was a great video yes and we'll talk about that there's a lot of really unique interesting stuff uh to dive into but i guess my main question is Raj, i was trying to figure this out like june 7th 85 again rambo was in theaters that was a month before back to the future you were going to the movies like what were you watching or into that when your friends were like hey we're riding our bikes down to the multiplex to see goonies you were like nah i got something else going on well rambo i remember was, was yeah. a big deal because uh that was the first r-rated movie i saw with my parents like i really had mm. i had to like beg and plead for them to let me go to see it and you know, finally they agreed and they're like okay but we're gonna cover your eyes during you know any inappropriate parts yeah and they did there were a few times where it was you know boom but uh yeah i think european vacation came out that year too right uh, i did i saw that in a double feature with summer rental like the yeah. best double feature for vacation theme films yeah i remember my parents i went to that and there talk was about a... i think that was the first time i saw boobs in the theater was in european yes, vacation i was just yeah. about to say that <laughs> They popped out. I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" You know, I got the hands over the eyes, but I got it. I got a good glimpse. <laughs> Mine was my parents took me and my brother. I was really little. I really don't remember, but apparently they took me to a movie called Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was nudity in that, apparently. 
I don't remember any of it. <laughs> like that's that's a weird Matt. I just saw Kramer versus Kramer like a year ago. That is a weird movie to take a child to. <laughs> yeah, I yes, that's what my older brother told. My older brother told me that. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Why are we watching this? Meryl Streep like goes off to find herself and Dustin Hoffman raises the child. The Meryl Streep comes back and wants custody of the child. And it's just like it's a downer. It's depressing. If you watch uh, it, you'll never want to get married or I, have children. Like it's I've really never I've never watched it since. I just remember that was my first technical movie I went to. Yeah. I've never watched it either. Yeah. Technically, I went and saw Saturday Night Fever when I was a baby, but mm-hmm. parents just took me, but obviously I don't remember that. But, yeah, uh, but uh, so Goonies was number nine in 1985. Number one film of the year was Back to the Future, followed by Rambo, followed by Rocky IV, then The Color Purple. That's out of crazy because Rocky IV was out for one week. Uh, I, yeah, they might have adjusted like gross into the uh, into the following year. But then uh, The Color Purple, Out of Africa, Cocoon, which, uh, you know, every mm. I, I, I feel like everybody went and saw Cocoon with their grandparents. Wait, like, what was or, number one? Uh, Back to the Future. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then number seven, the so sequel. So I think they're, I think oh, they're yeah, only sorry. taking into account the one week because um, Rocky Four made uh, three hundred million at the box office, while Rambo, yeah, maybe. Rambo Two. How do you know that? Come out. Why do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking it up right now. Oh. Yeah, uh, Rambo Two made. Gosh, what was it? Oh, they, yeah, they're about the same. Three hundred million as well. Yeah, so. uh, seven was Jewel of the Nile, the sequel to Romancing the Stone. Uh, had oh. the great Billy Ocean song uh, with uh, the music video. Witness was number eight, another movie I just saw like a year ago with Harrison Ford going to live with the Amish. Goonies was number nine. And number 10, Spies Like Us, which I feel like never gets talked about Yeah, in great 80s movie. comedies. Very funny. Funny as hell, actually, I thought. I was disappointed yeah. with it because I, I was a big Chevy Chase fan, but I, I just thought it was going to be funnier. You know, like it was <laughs> all right. Hmm. Because this was after uh, Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, it was Ghostbusters yeah. 84. Um, so Dan Ackward was, you know, kind of a, a big deal for a minute there. Yeah. I mean, but so I guess, the, you know, the question is we were talking about this. And um, with Goonies, Richard Donner directed it. He also directed Superman. Um, story what? idea by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Richard Donner directed did the ori- Superman. Richard Donner did he the directed original Lethal Superman. Weapon. No, that's oh, okay, the- but Superman at the time, Lethal Weapon was after this. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. But I'm just saying, he's more remembered for the Lethal Weapon series, I'd I'd say. By some. Superman. Listen, time out. Raj, don't be putting all this big puffing your chest out and peacocking (laughs) for a movie you didn't watch back in its origination. (laughs) I watched the Lethal Weapon series. (laughs) <laughs> yes um no i think look superman if if not for superman we would not have the modern superhero movie like superman was the first big comic book movie right i mean that was a big deal then marlon brando coming off the godfather the christopher reeves like that like that was huge that is one that's worth its own podcast thousand percent yeah no superman was oh god huge. i hate uh, to do this but i've never seen the original superman <laughs> did you watch superman 2 did you watch You're superman making, 2 at least i saw superman 3 with richard pryor okay Raj, how you want everybody listen to me this is not to exaggerate every kid in school is talking about this yeah did you just pretend not to hear it like yeah i saw that <laughs> but really you didn't no no i i had no interest i was never i was a spider-man guy i was marvel comics hulk I uh, never cared about Superman, never cared about Batman until the, the little, Heath Ledger version as a little kid you didn't think it'd be cool to see a guy flying through the sky 
Yeah. That's like the biggest superpower everybody would want. I, I saw the Greatest American Hero. Do you guys watch that show? Oh, yeah. yeah. I yes. saw a guy fly through Great the theme song, too. Great yeah. theme song. Yeah. Believe it or not. Um, Superman 2, the theatrical version, I think is, is a lot of fun. Super, if you watch Superman 1 now, you're going to be like, this is a really long movie. But yeah. Superman 2 is an easy watch and I think a very fun movie. Well, we'll, we'll cover that. What were you yeah. getting? What were you going we with got, this? Um, oh, so, no, my, my point is, though, about Richard Donner. So it was interesting mm -hmm. that, and you also have to remember, Spielberg had the magic. Right. Like Spielberg involved in Temple of Doom. Spielberg was involved in Gremlins. Like when Goonies came out, I think the marketing for this was just the skull and crossbones and saying like a new Steven Spielberg film. Same thing with Back to the Future. Steven Spielberg didn't direct it. Robert Zemeckis did. But yeah. the Steven Spielberg brand was enough to get people in the theaters. Yeah, my whole family. Yes. You know, so when the idea the Goonies came out now, I think the reason why this movie resonated with a lot of people is I was trying to think. I mean, again, we talked about there was stuff like the Bad News Bears. They're in the 70s. There were a lot of like kids movies starring children but in the 80s the goonies for and i'm not saying it was the first but it was the first that i saw it was the first movie i saw that had like a cross-section of kids where it was like okay you have brandon the jock you've got like you've got the different varieties of nerds like in most films it was like oh there's just the one nerdy character but in this like there was nuance it was the, like the, you got the, yeah there was but this was the one of the first movies i saw again besides yeah. bad news bears where it was uh kids our age getting yeah. over on adults and police yeah. and all these you know different people that we were you know supposed to always give respect to as little kids and always look up to as little kids and never disrespect as little kids and here these guys are doing what they want and when they want and, and stuff like that in search of this treasure um I just thought it was awesome. Plus, little kids love anything to do, especially back then, with any kind of hidden pathways or passageways yeah. or treasures. And that was all the check boxes for me. And you definitely see the influence from that movie today with Stranger Things. Oh, you, absolutely. I, I don't yes. know if you both have seen that, but yeah. Yeah. You, you see the E.T. Goonies connections in that show big time. All and throughout. Um, yep. so I think for me, one thing that resonated, you know, you kind of you see it these days where you still to this day, you watch a movie or a TV show and you'll see a character like, oh, that reminds me of this person. That reminds me of this person. Oh, they're mentioning the I mean, Seinfeld was great. Seinfeld would always point something out and be like, yeah, that is kind of true. I've always wondered about that. You know, it's like uh, so with this, when you had Chunk as the kid who's telling the crazy lies all the time and everyone's like, oh, like the time this like everybody knew that. As a child, everybody had that one friend that over-exaggerated everything. Mm -hmm. Or, um, like, I had a friend, remember when He-Man was popular and they had the big castle Grayskull that was, yeah. like, huge? He was That's like, oh, yeah, my father got me that. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm coming over to your house. Check it. He's like, oh, we had to keep it at his office. Like, he's making up this yeah, elaborate story. Everybody yeah. knew a kid that just, like, way over-exaggerated. So I love that they had that Chunk character doing that. I loved it with Mouth. Um with Corey Feldman, I mean, he's just great. But the scene where he's like, oh, I speak Spanish. And he's telling the housekeeper all this crazy shit. Like, I know yeah. that's been used in a lot of other movies and TV shows going back to Leave it to Beaver. But it's like, that was hilarious to me that he's sitting there, like, terrifying this poor woman uh, by saying all these things in Spanish. I, just, I, I still think that's incredibly clever. No, you're right, did, man. Did I ever tell you guys my He-Man story? <laughs> what? With, no. the, with Bubble Yum? Oh, wait a second. I think you mentioned this, but repeat it because I'm a little hazy. On it. So Bubble Yum, they were running this contest where if your rapper said you won, you would get the entire He-Man collection. It had the, the castle and all every action figure. And so I got the, I opened a, a 
you know, the gum. And I, I got one of those wrappers. I was like, oh, my God. And I went, told my parents, asked them to, you know, mail it out. And so every day I'd come home, like looking for the, this big package, you know, with the, the He-Man thing. And then found out later, my parents never sent it. They just thought it was a scam. Oh, I am so sorry. Crushed as a child. I bet. Never watched He-Man since. I mean, so so the way the, the the maid's name was uh, Rosalita. Yeah. Um, one other thing I, I wanted to I don't know why I remember that. Um, one thing I just wanted to bring up with Chunk, what, like you were just pointing on yeah. earlier. The only bad thing looking back, and I don't know if you guys yeah. had this at your schools, but we did. And back when bullying was like a legit thing, yeah. and you were allowed to do it and get away with murder, with doing terrible things to kids and calling them horrible names. Well. Like whoever the heavy kid was in your school yeah. was now being called Chunk. And hey, Chunk, do the Chunk Shuffle. And yeah. that poor heavy kid would do it. Looking back in retrospect, like, God, how scarring was this for this kid? Like, I we had the three or four of them that I remember would do this. And I look back and I'm like, God dang, what did that do to their psyche that, uh, you know, kids were calling them that? Oh, it was crazy. And you know what's funny? I must have d delighted the director. Um, with some of the uh like jokes about his uh, chunks weight because in the deleted scenes i was watching like there's a scene where he goes into the convenience store and he's just opening ice creams and just taking a bite out of like each pint and putting them back and like in every scene like he had food and i was like oh this poor kid but what's funny though um is jeff Cohn, who played chunk uh grew up to be like like really slim kind of like jerry o'connell from stand by me like he just grew up to be huh. like uh you know kid with a regular metabolism and now he's a famous hollywood lawyer in fact, uh, he's Kihoi Kwan's entertainment lawyer, Kihoi Kwan, who played Data, who yeah. won the, the Academy Award this year for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And in his acceptance speech, he like thanked Jeff Cohn, you know, huh. uh, because they've been Very friends cool. since they were kids. So it's funny Very that cool. um, when you look at this cast, I mean, Sean Astin went on to do Lord of the Rings. Josh Brolin went on to be Thanos, went on to get nominated for uh, an Academy Award. Um, yeah, Kiho uh, Kwan had his amazing comeback with Everything Everywhere All at Once after not acting for 30 years and won an Academy Award this year. Martha Plimpton still acts to this day. Corey Feldman still acts to this day. Carrie Green retired to have a family, um, and I believe she just recently got back into acting. Um, yeah, and then Jeff Cohn is like one of the highest-powered entertainment attorneys in all of Hollywood, so it's like pretty stacked. How about that? I didn't know that. Yeah, like everybody went on to do something. And part of that is that I guess Richard Donner felt responsibility for these kids um, and was always like looking out for them. He actually paid for Jeff Cohn to, to go to college and go to law school and encouraged him to get into the business. So it's funny, um, you know, probably the closest example to this is Freaks and Geeks that came out in 2000 that Judd Apatow produced. And you hear the same story that Judd Apatow was like, oh, I got all these kids involved in Hollywood. Like, I need to make sure they don't become a cautionary tale. So he went on to keep putting them in all his movies. And that's why Seth Rogen became famous. That's why James Franco became famous. It's like, because we had one guy that was just looking out for all these people that he knew since they were kids. So with Goonies, I mean, very stacked cast. And then I'm surprised, though, Raj, that you didn't pop for um, the even the Fratellis. We've got Anne Ramsey as Mama Fratelli. You've got Robert Davi. And then you've got Joey Pants, Joe Pantiliano in a toupee as Francis. <laughs> I know I, I did. I, I always love seeing what, what was his name on Sopranos? Ralphie, right? Yeah. yeah. I, that, that's what I always remember him as. But yeah, I did pop for that and throw mama from the train. That's yeah, that's, that was her. And then, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was great stuff. Look, I mean, the casting, there's nothing wrong with the casting. Or yeah, anything. it's uh, it's just one of those. It's just one of those things where yeah. if you weren't there at the time, you know, 
So you didn't. That's, so that's why I wish we can go back in time and you could watch this as a kid because you didn't think them going through water slides through the caves and all that was like that'd be a gold mine. To me <laughs> I think that's, that's everybody's favorite part, right? It's just like, yo, where do they got those water slides in a cave? I want to go yeah. do that. So let's see where the mark I was. I went around my backyard and went in wooded areas after this movie came out. I'm not lying to look for like I'm not joking. This is embarrassing, but like tr- not, not just treasures, but like. Was there like secret passageways and doorways? And we had a junkyard near my house. So you can imagine oh, yeah. what that was for me to have to go through and sift through stuff and try to find these non-existent secret passageways that I thought maybe were there. <laughs> no, I had that too. I mean, as a kid, I think that I had to have somebody explain to me once the difference between fantasy and reality, probably a little after this came out, probably when I was like eight, nine years old. And I'll give you an example. I bought a book once on how to do magic, and then I was really bummed when I found out it was all mm. illusions, and I wasn't actually going to learn and master the dark arts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, David Copperfield came out with something that was very hokey. Yeah, and it was like silly things, like a magic wand that you push, and then like a fake yeah, flower no. comes out. At the top. I wanted to fly and make the Statue of Liberty disappear, and then decide whether to use my powers for good or evil. And someone <laughs> was, was like, "Yeah, that was cool. The Statue of Liberty disappearing. That was a. Uh, <laughs> I think it was all just." done with a rotating stage in mirrors but uh yeah, yeah so uh, someone who explained matt to your point like the fantasy reality thing and i think still to this day like i still sometimes find my brain drifting off and i was just like okay well that's never gonna happen you know it's like i, I kind of like recalibrate but raj i i just picture if we're, if we're remaking goonies in 1985 and there's a young raj giri there the kids are sitting there and they're knocking over that statue and they're looking at the pyro map and just over in the corner there's raj with with a newspaper looking at the stock page and he's just sitting there like taking notes about what investments he's going to make and he's like you kids go off and play i got my portfolio to manage here <laughs> well i think there there is a certain age group and especially with uh you know like like if i were to show star wars the original star wars yeah. to my kids mm-hmm. when they're like three to five i think they'd be into it you show it to them now you know 12 and 14 and and it's just kind of you just have to be at the right age right time you know that whole thing and i and i'll admit i, I did miss the uh the timing for this movie but uh i did have uh some friends who uh would tell me like i gotta rent it but that was that was like the year that every time I'd go to the video store, I just get back to the future of Karate Kid over and over. Not, yeah. I mean, there's not there's not terrible choices out here. These are <laughs> right. all classics you're talking about. Yeah. And it plays on what we were saying earlier, how lucky we were to grow yeah. up in the era we did. Uh, there was bangers every freaking week, it felt oh like. Oh my god. Yeah, it was all so originals insane. too. It's like yeah. at nowadays, and it's it's getting overdone to the point where you have all these Marvel movies now that aren't doing as well as they meant to be in all these franchise movies indiana jones the last one was kind of a flop and the big ones that uh this year were barbie and oppenheimer so yeah it's kind of like uh original concepts are starting to come back a little bit did you guys go barbie see... is you know yeah. based on their you know do you guys go see oppenheimer i haven't yet no i watched i watched the trailer and i turned to my wife i'm like this movie looks like homework like, <laughs> I heard it's great. Though. I'm sure it is, but I feel like I'm gonna have to. Like, it just feels like one of those things. that's like, oh, I gotta watch this to write a report. Like, it looks <laughs> so just dry and historical, and um, I'm just not at that point in my life yet. You know, for me, it's been <clears throat> since I'm kind of semi-retired now. I'm doing <laughs> all the driving, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't find the time to go and watch a three-hour movie and then you know 
get to the school in time to pick up my kids. So it's because it's so long. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, champagne problems, I guess, but, uh, if, if it weren't for that, I would have seen it by now. I, I just love the comparison of everything Matt Morgan fits into a day versus <laughs> what Raj fits into a day. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta clip my toenails tomorrow. I got on my to, calendar. Don't have people to do that for you. Uh, so Matt, <laughs> I was thinking about this and again, you know, we're using these movies, we're using these pop culture moments as a jumping off point. It's not just about discussing like uh, the nitty gritty of the film and everything that happened, but Matt, to what you mentioned about like riding bikes, this movie really had me thinking about the fact that we were that generation that it, it timed just right before I think kids started getting abducted and like parents freaked out, like we were allowed to have our own lives after school and on weekends with very little parental supervision or concern about what we were doing. Um, I remember my friends and I, we lived in Alameda on this place called Bay Farm Island, which was like away from, you know, the quote unquote city by a bridge. And sometimes we're like, oh, we're going to ride the bridge and go downtown. And, and it was just like, uh, it was crazy to think about now that we would do all this and our parents never even asked questions about what we were up to after school, you know? Literally, no, just until, you know, certain neighborhoods, the parents tell the kids, you gotta be home before the street lights get on, right? Um, others, neighborhoods, mom come out and just scream at the top of her lungs, you know? <laughs> you know, from, I'd be like 10 blocks away, but, you're right. We're allowed to basically pretty much go where we wanted to. And there's a lot of trust put in us as, as kids looking back at it now. Um, yes. I also think our parents didn't know the <laughs> crazy things that are out there that could happen to us, um, you know, that we do know about now. In yeah, our and, and it's weird, too, because you think about the rise of helicopter parenting and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I think what it became, it's like, okay, so there were some high profile um, abductions that made national news, like John Walsh's mm -hmm. son, uh, I believe, uh, Adam, got abducted. That was a national news story where I loved it was a kid named Kevin Collins. Like we had to all go get our fingerprints done mm -hmm. at school in case anything ever happened to us. So there was that, right? So there was, don't um, talk to strangers, don't get in the yeah. van. Yeah. There's no candy or puppy in there for you. Yes. Like there was that talk again and again. And then it became like, don't do drugs, just say no. Um, Pee Wee Herman's doing a PSA telling us not to smoke crack. Like it Inspect was all your Halloween candy. Yes. And then it, the kind of became a tipping point where there were like 10 things to watch out for. And parents were like, you know what? I'm just not letting you out of my sight ever again. Yes. No, you're a thousand percent correct. There's a happy medium somewhere between the two helicopter parents, which I admittedly am a horrible one. At, I know I am. Um, versus, you know, the way our parents did it with giving us some of that leeway to learn on our own because i'm not again not saying this is good today but the lessons i was able to learn on my own in certain yeah. scenarios if i ran my mouth for example back then it was accepted that if i got i get popped in my mouth if i ran my mouth to somebody who didn't have it coming didn't deserve it um was bigger than me whatever you want to say um there's so many life lessons though i learned as a kid on my bike going all throughout my town and to all my friends houses and things like that and uh that i learned a lot of it dealt with trying i'm telling you the wooded areas like building bike jumps and <laughs> I know, it's looking crazy, for secret right? passage yeah. looking for secret passageways like i said <laughs> is this just yeah. one of those things where like before before this great land was developed to its fullest there were still just like wide swaths of nature 
mixed in with suburbia where anywhere you were there was the woods there was like a big field there were these places you could go and one find pornography because it was always there um to like build some sort of fort whether yeah. you know or like or construction sites i remember we had like a fort that was like a dugout at a construction site i think it was supposed to be a pool and we just put a bunch of boards over it and we would go hang out in this empty dirt pit and that was like our fort where we would hang out after school that's a freaking cool place to hang out. I would have yeah. liked to have come. Yeah, well, it was I feel great. Like back in back in the day, you used to have neighborhoods that had woods, right? Like yeah. where yes. you, you could go back. Now it's all bumper to bumper concrete jungle. You know, because yeah. there's no space between houses anymore. You you look at no. new developments. There, you you just wave at your neighbors. <laughs> you could you know see them through the window. And yeah. back in the day, you know, you had the big yards and then the woods in the back. And it's true. Yeah. I just My picture parents. if I was going to plan a family and I'm going to tour houses and going to the realtor. Um, is there a forest around here? Perhaps perhaps a creek of some sort. I don't have a child, but if I have a child, I would like him to be able to ride his bike someplace and have his friends try smoking cigarettes. He'll decide he doesn't like it, but I'd like him to have a, a private place to go with his friends and at least try. Yeah. And maybe he discovers pornography there as is a rite of passage for young men at an appropriate age. But, yes. you know, we need the right geographic location here. Uh, it doesn't sound bad at all. Like, that does not sound terrible at all. If a person that wants to be a parent one day and wants that freedom for their child um, yes. versus being on top of one another, which is what it is all across the country for the most part, for the most part. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well now at... kids don't want to leave the house. They just want to be no. on their... They just want to be on their phones and their video games back in my day. But, you know, seriously, like they, they'd much rather... Just be on their phone. I mean, seriously, it's you see a group of kids together and they're seriously all on their cell phones. They're not even hanging out anymore. They're just looking, texting while they're all together. It's just like, man, and not, and not communicating while they're doing yeah. that. And in, in those few little moments, their thing is the endorphin yeah. levels, not as high endorphin levels. You we all get as human beings is much higher hmm. when you're doing something physically. Or, or, or experiencing something outside has to do with nature, water, what, wind, whatever have you, sun, um, things like that versus the high you get if you're playing a video game, let's say, or your team just scored a touchdown at the Super Bowl to win it, let's say. Those are different types of endorphin levels that go off in our, in our brains and our bodies as well. And it's just not the same. It's not. And I think there's something to the idea, Matt, to what you said about exploration discovery, because it's like, it's a form of learning about how to deal with the world, how to deal with situations, how to deal with potential dangers where you go like, okay, I'm even knowing I need to ride here so I don't get hit by a car. This is mm -hmm. a way that you survive doing this. You know, it's like, yeah, I can run my mouth, but I know that if I do it to X, Y, or Z, like I'm going to end up in a fight. It's probably not going to go well for me. Right. Um, even having money and allowances, like where it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my dad would give us, um, like a dollar. He was the rabbi at the, the local temple and it was right near a shopping center. And it would be like, okay, you guys can go run amok in the shopping center. I'm giving you $1 each. You have to make that last for the afternoon. It would be like, okay, I could play four video games at a quarter each. I could buy, I think it was like three packs of baseball cards for this. I could buy a comic book and have a little bit left over to get some candy. It's like, mm. I learned a lot 
just about, you know, the basics hmm. of uh, money management through these simple situations. And it's like, I, I miss that sense of discovery and just that sense of the unknown. Cause like you said, it's like, yeah, on one hand you're like, okay, I could go and get on this crazy adventure, but even just not knowing what happens, it's like, maybe I'm going to go, maybe I'm going to meet somebody cool and we're going to become friends. Or it's like, maybe I'm going to have some weird encounter with someone like every day was an adventure after school. That was the big part was for yeah. me, it was at least that I might meet a new friend. Yeah. Um, that maybe went to a different high school, but lives in our area or neighborhood or neighborhoods over, let's say. Yeah. Especially once I started getting into sports and I didn't have my license yet because I wasn't uh, 16 yet back where I lived in Connecticut. It'd be 16 and start driving. Um, but do you know what I mean? So, so like the bike was huge and then I'd end up riding to different inner cities to go mm -hmm. play basketball and, and get, I'd get invited there from other people on my team and stuff like that on my, my travel team. And again, still before I was 16. And that was really great because I was able to learn a complete different culture from them, what, which I grew up in myself Yeah, and, you know, learned how to navigate and communicate with people that I have a lot of things that we do have in common, other mm -hmm. things we don't have in common in our upbringing, especially bike was yeah. huge back when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, is it like more powerful than a car in a weird way? Because you are exposed and on there and it's not like i mean you go in a car and it's like everyone's in their car and sort of anonymous on a bike like you're presenting to the world you're almost immediately socially accessible like people could talk to you like it was yeah. a very different i was just experience. gonna say that they'll stop you they'll stop you yeah. if you're on the sidewalk and somebody's going like, hey what's up what kind of bike is that oh yeah. i have a horror too whatever the hell the, the crazy situations we get ourselves into and in meeting somebody new for the first time Raj, what kind of bike did you ride as a child? So this was a traumatizing event. I, uh -oh. I had a, I had a bike and uh, the front tire blew out and my parents were pissed because I only had the bike for like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I had to ride my sister's, my sister's bike and she had a pink mm -hmm. bike. So I'd have to ride that around, to, you know, to, to get around. So, um, wait, is that what happened? You started watching the Goonies and you saw Brandon have to take Data's sister's bike with the little girl bike, and you were just like, This is too traumatizing. This is too real. I can't watch this. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I, I that's probably why I shut it off right before that part came off today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I rode bikes all the time, and uh, we have bikes now, and kids rarely ride them. I mean, they're you know, yeah. we have to make it like a family outing, you know, Same. yeah. Yep. Um, to that end, so Matt, we talked about this on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'd forgotten what a big deal the Boys and Girls Club was for me uh, because it was in downtown Alameda, right on the border of Oakland. Like that was the first place where, yeah, I met people from different backgrounds. Uh, I heard first time I heard hip hop when that was popular. Uh, first mm -hmm. time I watched wrestling, we watched WrestleMania. We rented the tape. And like we all sat in the auditorium of the Boys and Girls Club and watched like WrestleMania one, you know, oh, wow. and that was like a big bonding moment. But um, I was thinking about, though, when you were talking about like your uh, hunts and adventures, like they would send us on scavenger hunts. And what was weird is we were downtown and we didn't even have our bikes. We had to like run around and we had to go to stores and ask people like, hey, do you have red thread? Do you have this? And I've got like guys taking me out, like come with me on the back alley. And he's opening up his car and going through stuff to find things like it was a weird time to be alive. Just there's like this was an activity for a child. Go out and talk to strangers and collect these items. Let me, let me and, and something. You, yeah. So, so, sorry, Raj. Do you yeah. think that people just am I saying because it was from our generation? I'm, yeah. I mean it this way. Do you just think people had a better moral compass back then to not take advantage? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think well, the idea, you know, I, th I think it was partially playing the odds. 
you know, where it was like, okay, there was a big national news story, but what are the odds it's gonna it's gonna happen oh, to you? And no. I think that um honestly, pre-social media, like it was it was just a little different how people perceived it, I think. Like you know, and and I think it's like with a lot of things, it's everybody had anecdotes, you know, it's like some of those like terminal illness, right? Now you could say, and I'm just picking this at random, but you could say have cancer and disease rates, like terrible, tragic, life-threatening terminal illness, have rates of those uh, diseases and illnesses, have they raised over the last 40 years? I'm assuming they probably have, but our awareness, mm -hmm. because we're all connected worldwide on this amazing you know, thing, the internet, yeah. we're more aware of how widespread things are. When we were growing up, it was like everybody sure. had one relative or sure. knew a person, or maybe we were for a few degrees removed. That's it right there. No, that's yeah. the answer. You're right. So that I think it's that the internet, you know, for, for its ups and downs, like has given us greater awareness and insight mm -hmm. into, and think about it now. I mean, think about the concept that Raj or Matt, if I asked you in, in 1985, or even maybe in the year 2000, like how many friends or how many people do you really like? know? you would be like, well, you know, there's maybe like 10 or 20, like that's my circle. But now with social media, you know, it's hundreds, it's thousands. It's like, even people that you don't know the details of their life. Like there's people that you, you've never met. They're like, oh, I really like your posts and I like what you have to say. Or, oh, I recognize your name. We interact a lot on the same things. Like it's much, our, it's like our brains are filled with like more um, contacts, but less data about each person. Like we're, we, we, the people that we grew up with, like we knew really, really well. And part of that's also just yes. the age, but technology has definitely played a role in that as well, I think. Sorry, Roger, you were gonna say something earlier. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I, I, I should forget no. what I was going to say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, 100%. And uh, yeah, you definitely, I mean, look, uh, you know, on, on Twitter, you, you met Matt, you have what, like 100,000 100, followers or way more than that. And Something. yeah, uh, and, you know, I've got a lot too. And no, maybe 10 of them, you know, like, uh, right. firsthand or maybe, maybe For 50. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it, yeah, it's a different, uh, it's, it's definitely different. And Glenn, to your point where, where, yeah, you do have people like when we go to a wrestling event or something, yeah. you have people coming up to you and be like, Hey, love you on the podcast, this and that. But you also not in person, but online will also get, a lot of hate and a lot of uh, a lot of online bullying, and you know so, some kids don't know how to handle that. That's uh, yeah, and the, that's a thing they have to deal with that we never did. No, they don't. They don't have that balance between real life and online. And I think that's. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys, this is probably the most old man statement I can make, but it's like that's the problem because you grow up on these devices and the internet. And you don't have that separation between what's real life and yeah. what's online, uh, you know, nonsense. And I think that you, that makes it hard. Because you turn off your phone, it's a different world, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> when you're dealing with actual people, no one knows what you tweeted or, or anything like that. And uh, as soon as you go on your phone, then it's this just alternate life that pops up. And it can be it can be tough for some people. You it know? is. I, I, I've asked kids this. And I because I, I'm like, you do know it's not real. Like the, what happens on like your Twitter and Instagram and comment sections, unless they're your best friends from your classroom or you're where you grew up in whatever people you know in person well you really shouldn't care if they're coming they're trying to bully you and, and do what they're doing and the way it was explained to me by many of them their their answers to that question i asked them was to them it is like somebody's physically in front of them yeah but 
if there's a thousand comments in there of somebody being a jerk to somebody on purpose, just, just picking on one person, that's what it feels like to them. They told me that it's like a thousand of them in that room with their finger pointing at you mm -hmm. saying all these terrible things about you. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> can't imagine what that's like to, to deal with that. And I don't, I don't think it's going to get any easier, although maybe. It's no, it's not. It's going to get worse. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's the drawbacks. Right. And I used to think about this yeah. when the internet first started, we had like a local punk band that, I mean, I kid you not, Matt, like they would make that part of the thing. They're like, Oh, you know, we're, uh, we're about, uh, like the communal spirit. I mean, basically they, they would proudly be like, you know, we're like European, uh, into European socialism and we want community and all this stuff. And they would, they would have songs where they'd be like, Oh, this technology, what progress does it really bring? And I was listening to one the other day and I was just like, okay, maybe they had some really good points about like, <laughs> about like how technology being in everything maybe isn't like the healthiest thing for a sense of community and like compassion for your fellow man. So there's there is and there's a difference between technology and, yeah. and then social media and I just yeah, think yeah. I, I don't hopefully we see it in our lifetimes where yeah there is this cutoff or something that comes and gets interjected yeah where our, our our younger generation understands that I don't know how they make it happen for them but somehow yeah. I, I hope it I hope it does happen where they can see it this isn't real life these are this is just somebody lives in North Dakota you while you're living in the state of Connecticut you're never gonna see this person what do you care what they think of you. Yeah. Well, it's not that easy to them. No, I know. So, yeah. so Raj, Matt mentioned uh, his hunts in the woods for treasure. I talked about my scavenger yes. hunt. What did you do with with your your girl's bike? You were forced to ride, or did you oh, just uh, like man, uh, our neighborhood? I actually have a friend of mine that's coming into town tomorrow from Fredericksburg. I used to live in Fredericksburg, Virginia, mm -hmm. and uh, we had our, our our neighborhood, and uh, we had our own wrestling league, <laughs> and we cool. would do like yeah, like and you know we play. Uh, street football, uh, go in the woods. They were still, uh, the neighborhood was still young. So they were still building a bunch of houses. So, you know, they had tons of wood and stuff. So we take it and try building different stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just a different time, but it was, it was awesome. And, we, you know, and again, that, that community, our whole neighborhood, we would all hang out and, um, we'd all chip in for WWF pay-per-views, you know, we each chip in five bucks and, and uh, I, that, that's when I realized, like, when wrestling was getting unpopular, because, like, around WrestleMania 6, like, we had, like, 20 people from the neighborhood there. And then WrestleMania 7, there was, like, you know, four. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm the only one watching this now. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a great time. And so speaking of uh, you can't you keep bringing up pornography i'm taking that that was a big part of uh i think uh, that was like I, I mean that's why you made like i hate to say this but it's like that's why your school you'd be planning your sleepover and someone would be like oh no we got to invite tony it's like oh i don't like tony he's kind of weird and rude he's like yeah but his dad's got all this porn and he'll steal it and bring it to the sleepover it's like okay fine i didn't want tony to be at my house but if he's coming with pornography i guess that's okay <laughs> Like I'll put up with his like bad Yoda impression, you know, like, uh, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but let's, okay. So let's talk. We were talking about wrestling, um, a bit there. You mentioned with WrestleMania <laughs> and, and Matt's laughing because everybody knows this. Everybody knows the, like one sketchy, weird kid who had access to contract. Oh yeah. Everyone knew, had someone who found their dad's porno match. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, but but the specific the, the specifics and the bad you. <laughs> That's what I'm laughing at. 
Um, it's just weird to be hanging, you know, when you think about it, to be hanging out with a bunch of guys just looking at. It's very strange. In retrospect, when you look back, yes, it's very weird. But <laughs> yeah, was glad, glad that hey, error was. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Take away from that. Go ahead, Glenn. <laughs> I was just thinking bad. I know you mentioned Kramer versus Kramer, but I remember you said before that, like, for you, it was a weird moment when you saw Howard the Duck in theaters and you saw oh like the God, topless yes. duck, and you were just like, "These yes. are still technically boobs. This counts." I remember as a kid thinking, like, I saw, I still saw nudity. As weird as that is, yes, <laughs> I get oh, it. I get it. Hate okay, to say so, it, never saw Howard the Duck, but uh, yeah. that one you're not missing out so much. You're not missing out on. <laughs> um, I mean, Leah Thompson's in it, and she's oh. like, I had a huge crush on Leah Thompson that era, so that was we, we got ripped off. By that movie. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not in more stuff today. She directs now. Oh, does she? Yeah, yeah, she's doing great, man. Dude, everyone from Back to the Future is just making bank, going to do those conventions and reunions and. Should. Yeah, I mean yeah. Th that's a whole other thing, um, which we should talk about at some point. But look, I want to talk about Cindy Lauper a bit because a big yeah. part of Goonies, the Cindy Lauper, you know, was coming off. Girls just want to have fun. Still iconic anthem to this day. She had a string yeah. of hits. She's so unusual. Was one of the biggest albums of uh, that era of the eighties, and um, she got tapped to do the the tie in music. She actually ended up producing the entire soundtrack, um, but she had the song Good Enough. And what's really interesting about that music video, one, that music video is two parts. I cannot think of another music video. There's a two-part music video, and they showed the first part before the movie came out, second part after, because I guess they don't want to spoil too much. But if you watch that movie, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Freddie Blassie, uh, Mulo, yeah. Wendy Richter, Andre the Giant shows up in part two. Yeah, The Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. Um, Captain Lou Albano, of course, who I swear to this day when I still think of Cindy Lauper, I'm like, oh, yes, Cindy Lauper's dad, Captain Lou Albano. Like, not her actual dad, just played her dad all the time. Um, but you watch that video, and one, I mean, I love that song. It's a classic 80s song. But Raj and I were talking about this off the air. Like, this music video came out in June of 85. First WrestleMania was in March of 85. Like, they must have shot this right after the first Mania and got all these wrestlers together uh, from the mm -hmm. WWF at the time. I mean, what a coup! For, what a coup for the WWF to to get this placement in. I mean, this was going to be like 1985's Ghostbusters. Like, this was going to be the big movie of the summer with the big theme song and the big music video. And WWF is all over that thing. And what I'm surprised most about is that Hogan wasn't because it's after WrestleMania one, like you said, he was their biggest star. But thank God he wasn't because uh, maybe. And I don't want to give Vince credit for this if I'm wrong. But maybe he did have the foresight to say, hey, it'd be better if we can give all of our villains out to this because mm. they're going to be doing villain type actions in this video, right? For yeah. the most part. Um, and get other guys over and give them a platform to the national audience besides just our own wrestling show because it worked. I mean, all those characters that were on it, everybody, if you said those names back when you were a kid, even to a person that wasn't a wrestling fan, they knew who for the most part they were. Even Nikolai Volkov, they knew who that was. Yeah, yeah. WWF back then. I mean, it was pop culture. Uh, you would yes. see, you'd get Mad Magazine. It's on the cover. You know, yes. it was like a, it was like a big deal. Um, yeah, that is interesting that Hogan was never. I don't think Bobby Heenan was ever in him, right? 
I think so, he's in the. Is he in the video or am I confused? I didn't again? think he was. Just, no, was maybe it's not. Yeah, I think I think it's just Captain. Yeah, I'm Blue. the music and Freddie Blassie. Um, but no, it was yeah. a good lineup though in this. And and um, I was uh, zero yeah. t- zero days old when I realized there was a part two. I didn't realize there was a part two music video. Yeah, I did. We just watched. I just watched it when before we went on the air. And yeah, Andre the Giant was in it. I never knew that. So yeah, wow. Uh, also uh and, and the worst worst outfit i, I know it's been. really bad and if you watch that video um also the music uh, group uh, the bangles shows up they're playing the female pirates on the ship so i did not know that yeah. i didn't know that's who those that was yeah they're uh pre-walk like an egyptian they were also at a soundtrack uh song in the goonie soundtrack so uh it's a cool video it's on the you can find both parts on youtube it's really good but this kind of goes back to something that we've been talking about oh sorry uh raj why do you think Cindy Lauper is not in the WWE Hall of Fame? I think because she's probably turned it down. Uh, why she would she disputes that. She says she why hasn't. She turn it down? Sorry. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Is maybe she was busy or just didn't have the time. Or, you know, there was a time when WWE, not that long ago, was just declining in popularity. It wasn't the, the hot thing. You know, you look from like 2005 to really 2015, you know, 12 13 mm-hmm. uh it was on a consistent decline so mm-hmm. I, I mean because otherwise what else makes sense because she really ushered in her mr t when, when you talk about celebrities in the hall of fame it's her mr t mike tyson uh yeah maybe dennis rodman uh for what he did with wcw he helped really like uh propel them i mean not propel them but he that was a huge deal when him and carl malone did that match uh, then it wasn't a huge deal when he did his subsequent stuff. But as far as like really bringing eyeballs onto wrestling, uh, those are the four. Maybe Lawrence Taylor, but uh, Cindy Lauper is one number one or number two behind Mr. T or w- ahead of Mr. T. So it has to be her. As big as, Mr. As, as big as Mr. T was, I thought it was Cindy because of the connect, the original connection that was made that had to have been made to where. Vince was able to get all his characters on, on MTV, yeah, um, like nightly. They were on all the flipping time, and and just MTV was the hottest thing in the world at that time. It you know, Alan Hunter and all these very very cool VJs that, that we thought were cool at least, um, was a big deal to be a part of back then. And and I just thought it made them all look cooler because of it. As a kid, I bought into it big. Yeah, yeah. If you go back- I don't think Rock and Wrestling, co- co- yeah. the Rock and Wrestling connection doesn't exist without Cindy Lauper, and that was a huge part of WWF's popularity back then. And in fact, if you look at the timeline, so, and Cindy Lauper, her manager, who's also in the Good Enough video, was on a plane with a bunch of wrestlers. That's what started the entire thing and the introduction with her getting Captain Lou in uh, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun as her dad. But it's crazy because if you go back to the impetus behind WrestleMania, War to Settle the Score and Brawl to End It All on MTV were the two things where they really built those up as huge events. This wasn't just Saturday night main event. Like these were big events that MTV showed. Cindy Lauper was involved in uh, both of those. And so you saw the wrestlers on MTV a lot promoting this. Like there was the buildup. See, I think, I think actually some credit to Sylvester Stallone and Rocky three, because I think that granted that was uh, 82, 83 with Thunderlips, but that was like the tease of like, oh, there's this professional wrestling thing. And who's this guy, Hulk Hogan? Like that, that was uh, the idea put out there of professional wrestling to people and like, oh, that guy, Thunderlips, he's actually a wrestler in the WWF. But then MTV really carried that. And then uh, with do the Cindy Lauper connection. And then you had Mr. T promoting WrestleMania. Like 
in my mind, that was how it just WWF became pop culture very quickly. Amen. It's crazy to me how so many wrestlers and Matt, you could speak more to this, but so many wrestlers uh, and, and probably people, you know, hated Mr. T being in wrestling at that time. And, uh, you know, like Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper, they, they did not, they legit did not like uh, Mr. T being involved in wrestling. I thought it was bad for the business. And it's like, do you not get how many more yeah. people know who you are because of Mr. T and Cindy Lauper? They didn't have the foresight yet. They didn't have the foresight yet. And I can't imagine how important it was for Vince to have these kind of conversations with those talents. Yeah. Um, and it shows you, but there wasn't that much of a gap between Vince waking up and realizing the importance of this versus what we go back not too far before that with the whole, uh, what was it, um, Dave Schultz, uh, uh, Jim Stossel uh, mm -hmm. debacle that happened yeah. where he's protecting the business. And my understanding, they wanted it that way. Yeah. Um, versus him being the one to go to Piper and say, hey, look, we get it. We don't expose the business. We're putting it out there. We get that. But here's our meal ticket right now to get out in front of millions and millions of others that we'll never get in front of without yeah. a huge star like this. Yeah. And and now I feel like you don't hear anyone saying anything negative in any company about like Bad Bunny or or, or Logan Paul. You know, they yeah. they get it now. And Bad, you know, Bad Bunny, you know, again, I think if it was the 80s, he a bunch of people would have been negative on it. But oh, now everyone knows it's it's a positive for the business. Well, they definitely would have, because especially back then, it was much more of a physical appearance type of yeah. thing where somebody like Brad, Bad Bunny, they'd be like, what, this dude, I'm, you want me to be body slammed by this guy? Are you kidding me? He's like 150 pounds wet wearing boots. That's what the, the meathead back then would have said. The big jacked up bodybuilder would have said. But I will argue Logan Paul could have fit in. Yeah. Yeah. He's a natural and he's got he's got the whole package. He's got size, he's got the look. He is a heat magnet. He's very yeah. good at it. He's great at it. Yeah. He blows, he blows my mind. Every time I see him, I'm just like, you would just think he's been in the business for 20 years. He just gets it completely. And it, and when people say he rehearses his matches, I don't care. Yeah, so I'm what? talking about this the way he plays to the crowd, the way he just soaks it in, you know, the way he it pauses between the moves. He's not like rushing into everything. No, he knows what he's doing. He's fantastic. You can you know? see the difference between the, the and I'll we'll go off on a tangent here, but just two seconds. Him and Ricochet in that angle, mm -hmm. the difference, Ricochet can do all those great moves and he's so impressive, obviously, but the little things, the in-between the move things I used to tell you guys about is what makes or breaks a wrestler. Logan, you can tell the difference. He got it better than Ricochet did. Mm -hmm. If you go back yeah. and watch their stuff, they're, isms in between their moves that that give off who they are as a character and uh, yeah. there's a big difference between the two when you watch them go to get wrestle with each other besides the athletic stuff watch the in between the move facial expressions and body language logan that's why it makes it look like to me he's been doing this forever even though he hasn't yeah and, and perfect example you mentioned the ricochet logan thing there was that angle where ricochet did the flip outside of the ring and then logan just slowly took his sunglasses off and he sold it he yeah, sold it just better than Ricochet could have done it with his own move and saying, yeah, eat that mother Fletcher after he hits it yeah, or something like that. Right. He didn't, it was Logan yeah, selling it that made it. Yeah. Slow, calm, cool, and collected. Like, mm -hmm. That takes years to learn. Yeah. Yeah, not over the top, just genuine, but he, he's great. Yeah. I mean, and it's just crazy now to think about that Andy Kaufman, WWE Hall of Fame, mm. Mr. T, like with Cindy Lauper, it's becoming more and more glaring. 
by the year. And I don't know, Lance Storm tweeted, oh, I heard she turned it down. But yeah, no, like she did, she denied that. In fact, I think I asked her and then she On Twitter, replied. Right? Yeah, she her. replied and she was like, no, I never turned that down. She came time back out. to do that angle with- Time out, yeah. time out. We're not going past that. Lindy okay. <laughs> Lauper tweeted you back. I believe so. I believe uh, I replied. You believe so? You didn't like save it? I don't it remember. Frame it? I'm sure I have it somewhere. I know I was involved in the exchange. <laughs> So, Glenn, that's a pretty big deal, dude. That's I mean, a big deal. It's not being blocked by William Shatner, but it's it's up there. Um, <laughs> You're blocked by William Shatner? I guess we, if, <laughs> I've told this story multiple times. Are you, uh, missing out on, are you really missing out on anything when you blocked by him? No, I don't think so. I just, you know, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, I think uh, so. I One of the former WWE writers, uh, Tommy Cass, uh, mm-hmm. Tommy Casello, great guy, Um he said after the way they treated that angle with her and Piper against like Heath Slater 12 years ago was like, Oh yeah, I don't think she wants anything to do with WWE. Like it was a very disrespectful angle. It was thought of backstage that they really should have been in before that. I agree. That's when they were doing the guest host stuff, but yeah, I know. I think she should have been like one of the first, I mean, she, and it's one of those things where she's still touring. She's still performing. She's still selling out like really, good venues um drew, drew carey is in the hall of fame yeah it's just it's insane cindy lopper <laughs> needs to be in the wwe hall of fame and um look i mean i i can't imagine why she would turn that down um period especially, especially now with, when yeah how big wwe is right now it's, and becky lynch played cindy on young rock let's not yeah. like that so it's like there's still i mean no, young i didn't rock, know I that I, yeah i watched yeah. that and i didn't even know that was becky i swear yeah oh. yeah doing a very shaky accent, but it was still it was still fun to see. So I think, um, who knows, maybe it'll finally happen. I know a lot of people, like you'll see Sami Zayn or other people being like, hey, I just realized Cindy Lauper's not in the Hall of Fame. What's up with that? Like everybody is wondering what's going on with it. She is, there are some people you just assume are in the Hall of Fame. I yeah. feel like she's she's yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah, I thought so too. I thought, I thought for sure she already was. Yeah. yeah, so that music video, if you haven't seen Goonies are good enough, the uh, music video by Cindy Lauper, check that out. Parts one and two are available on YouTube. Uh, before we wrap this up, I wanted to make a recommendation. Did you guys ever, so if you like Goonies, did you guys ever see Explorers? Came out the same summer, came out five weeks later. What Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, their kids, they find a way to travel into space they get this old tilt-a-whirl machine and they put this bubble around it and mm. they're able to go into outer space. Uh, the first half of the movie is incredible. And if you shut it off, then you'll be like, oh, that was a really good movie. Second half, once they get to space, is, is a complete letdown. Only kid movie I saw as a kid back then with kids in it was, I think it was Space Camp. Well, E.T., right? E.T. Okay, E.T. as well. Yeah, good call. <laughs> but I didn't see this. I'm disappointed. No, I explorers. Great first half to the film great it came out in theaters like it was a huh. decent hit but the first half is exactly that feeling matt that you talked about of adventure like we're doing something we're going to a junkyard we're stealing this thing we're finding a way to travel to space like it's really cool and then they go to space and it all goes downhill <laughs> river phoenix man that's that's someone who just he 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 just seemed like he was <clears throat> if he didn't you know give in to his demons he was going to be a, a brat yeah pit. oh yeah oh. God, yeah. Yeah. No, one of my favorites, ton of iconic uh, movies. One day we'll talk about Stand By Me and I'll have a nervous breakdown crying on the podcast discussing that movie. (laughs) 
and what it means to me um but he's phenomenal in that but yeah explorers that's my recommendation if you if you like the goonies Mm -hmm. and you want to see something a little similar uh came out five weeks later but it's got the first half uh i i highly endorse um so i think that's gonna do it for this week next week uh guys did we decide karate kid or top gun you guys call Ah, oh, you can't do that. I'd said it first. Uh. Let's let's do okay. Raj kind of hung back a little this week because he's not as big of a fan of the Goonies as you and I are, Matt. So let's do the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai because Mr. Geary has a lot to say about that franchise. Uh, okay, and plus it's current, right? I think a lot of people will be interested in it too. Yeah, and, and uh, is the Karate Kid three a good movie? It's a great <laughs> movie. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't want to spoil, it, but maybe we'll tell the story next week about the first fights we ever got into. All right. Yeah. Okay. That'll be good. That'll be good times. (laughs) Well, everybody, if you like Gigantic Pop, please like, share, subscribe. We're starting this out. We got our new channel. We're doing this on our own, free from the shackles of the man. And uh, please uh, tell people, let them know that we're back together and we're doing this. And uh, follow Matt, BP, Matt Morgan, Rogers at The Raj Geary. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. We'll get you back here next week on Gigantic Pop. Take care.